My name is Christian Puckett. This is Peacekeeper. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Peacekeeper Podcast. My name is Christian Puckett, and today I've got Mr. Brandon Baca from across the planet as a guest. Dude, what's up, man? How are you doing? Man, I'm doing great. Long time no talk. <laughs> I know. Oh my goodness. Um, so Brandon and I, <clears throat> I mean, we were best friends growing up, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. you were like one of the best friends I had from ages. Like, I think I was three or four, like when I slept over at your house for the first time, we were, <laughs> we were straight up homies, yeah. man. We like grew up like in diapers together. Yeah. You know, our parents were friends. And so it was just like a natural thing, but yeah, it's like, all of my earliest memories are with Christian, so I know, you know it's crazy. Uh, so, <clears throat> where are you at right now? Where are you living? I know you're living in Europe. I thought you were in Spain, but where are you at? Yeah, yeah, I'm in Spain. Um, I'm in an island in the middle of the Mediterranean uh, called uh, Mallorca, and so I'm in the Palma de Mallorca, which is like a really beautiful city, just plopped, isolated in the Mediterranean Sea. It's, yeah. Okay, so what brought you out there? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> Honestly, uh, so uh, uh, we can talk about it later, but, like, I was in the process of getting, like, Spanish citizenship for, like, four years. And so when I finally, like, got my passport in the mail in June, uh, I was looking online for, like, volunteer um, jobs in uh, Portugal or wherever in Europe. Mm -hmm. And so <laughs> I, I found a job working at a surf camp for the summer. So uh, as soon as I got my passport, uh, I booked tickets like two days afterwards. And I was flying to Portugal the next week with no plan, just winging it one way ticket to Portugal. And I only had like $300 in my bank account. Oh my so, goodness. Like, I had no, yeah, I had no idea what I was doing. So I got on the flight, uh, you know, one way to Lisbon, landed in Lisbon, and I had to take a, like a five-hour bus to like this random small town in Portugal. I had no idea, like I didn't know any of the people. Uh, and some dude comes, he was like little, like, <laughs> like this, what do you call them? Like um, those like lowrider cars? Or yeah, like, yeah. Word, a Beamer, yeah, like a Beamer or something. Okay. And he like honks his horn. <laughs> and he picks me up, he's all, I might get in, <laughs> you know, he's like, that was the owner of the surf camp. His name was Sam. So like, I'm like sleep deprived, like holding on to like five bags with no money. And, you know, I'm just getting in some random guy's <laughs> little car. So he was and just so he driving past? Me. Huh? He was just driving past? No, no. Uh, like he was, he was going to pick me up. Oh, okay. So we he arranged was, like okay. a week before he picked Sorry, yeah. Okay. <laughs> no. Yeah, so... Uh, he picked me up and, uh, yeah, he took me to the camp and yeah. And so I've ended up working at some random surf camp in Portugal for a month and a half. And yeah. And so my initial plan was to just kind of backpack around Europe for a year. Okay. And yeah, after, uh, after Portugal, I ended up getting really sick. I got, I had bronchitis. Uh -oh. So I was in bed for two weeks. You know, um, and so I ended up going to my friends in Galicia 
in staying at their house for two weeks to recover. And while I was there, I discovered like a website on the internet called WorkAway, which is essentially like uh, you can travel, but and you get food and lodging, but you have to work for these people. And there's all kinds of different tasks. You work at a hostel, uh, you work on a farm, you okay. do you do construction on the house, whatever. And uh, yeah, this one I just applied to every single one I saw. And the first lady that got back to me was a single lady, British lady here in Mallorca that owns a finca, which is like an old uh, cottage, basically, in the countryside that she was renovating and she needed help. So she said, yeah, uh, I need you as soon as possible. So I'm like, okay. So I looked on the internet, got like 12 euro plane ticket one way to Mallorca. Mallorca. Mm -hmm. She picked me up at the airport. And yeah, and so I ended up working for her for a month. And now, <laughs> sorry, it's a long story, so I don't no, know. Like, yeah, where it's to interesting. Off, but yeah, just ask questions. But um, so while I was here, I really fell in love with the island. It was just so beautiful, like the beaches, the like Mediterranean climates, you know, the bushes, like all the smells, the juniper. It's just mm. incredibly beautiful to me. So I thought, like, well, you know, I. I have the ability now. I can stay here as long as I want. I'm a citizen of this country. And um, I started looking on the internet for jobs. And so I got in contact with this school here in a, a private English academy. And like in the very, like after I sent the email, like five minutes go by and they call me on the phone. <laughs> oh, like, really? Oh, really Dang. interested in this job? Yeah. Uh, send, it, send in your CV is what they call it here as a resume. So I sent them my like, <laughs> like my patched up resume from like, it's just you know I don't, <laughs> and so I ended up, um, yeah, they gave me an interview and I got the job, like the next day. Dang. So I had to scramble and like, figure awesome. out where I was gonna live in in the city, but yeah, I've been here for six months now. Okay. I've been working and yeah, I'm just kind of stuck here, <laughs> to be <laughs> honest. But it just yeah, it just it sounds like a good out. place to be stuck. I see the yeah, pictures no, that you're posting beautiful. and dude, it looks so beautiful yeah. out there. If you could like explain your life to somebody that doesn't know you at all, I would be, I mean, I would be curious for myself to just hear your life story through your perspective and through your words and just everything that led you to where you're at right now. Yeah. Well, ah, man, I don't even it's know. a big question. <laughs> I know, hard, but yeah, yeah. So we got time. I, I always had like this, this like bug, like this, this feeling for adventure, you know, like a travel bug or whatever. Mm -hmm. Ever since, you know, I was a teenager is when it really started to, to manifest. And so I would like really romanticize like, oh, going to London or going to Germany. And, you know, we had a German exchange student uh, named Vanessa. Remember Vanessa? Yeah. And like, yeah, yeah. And it was just like really cool to, to make all these friends like from around the world, like exchange students. And then I got into like music production at a young yeah, age. I remember that. And yeah. And I started like getting in contact with all these other producers from all around the world, Germany, Denmark. Um, I don't know any country, Italy. And so like, I don't know, like it was weird because, you know, I, I was just a teenager and they became friends. So we would like talk on Skype and make friendships and 
yeah, just communicate. So really at an early age, my, I was just kind of like, wow, there's more out there than my little, you know, city of Albuquerque. Like there's, right. there's things to discover. So it just got me really excited. So, um, on my, in my junior year of high school, um, I went by myself at 17, 16. I don't remember how old I was. Uh, and I went uh, to my my first solo trip ever to Denmark, Copenhagen, to meet uh, one of my producer friends um, that I was friends with for the previous three years. And so I saved up enough money, you know, and I, I flew to Copenhagen from Albuquerque, a really long flight. I only spent 10 days there, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I stayed with him and his family. I got to know his friends and yeah, at the time, there was just like this honeymoon effect. Like, oh my God, Europe is so amazing. Like they have cafes and the streets are marble. They have all these old buildings. And like at that time, it was just completely like um, brand new to me, you know? Mm-hmm. And so when, when I when I went back to to New Mexico, I was like really bummed out. I was like, oh man, yeah. I'm back in the desert. <laughs> <laughs> I get that you know? feeling yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember one of my first memories coming back as like, um, you know, my parents picked me up from the airport and we stopped at a gas station <laughs> and like we're at this gas station and this guy is like coming up, like begging for money. I'm like, oh, yeah, back in <laughs> back in uh, Berkey, you know. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, I have to say I don't feel that way. I don't feel so negative about home as much as I did back then. But uh, yeah, so. I went, you know, it was my senior year of high school and just like that whole year, I was like, okay, I'm going to get out of here and I'm going to, I'm going to move to um, the Netherlands and become a a music producer and be Mm -hmm. successful. And that was like, that was like my goal. And so what ended up happening is uh, I graduated high school, but obviously things are not that simple. Right. (laughs) You to be able to be able to like live and work somewhere. You have to go through visa processes. You have to do all these steps. And it's almost impossible as an 18-year-old yeah. with no experience, with no, with nothing, no, no diploma, nothing. So I was kind of, uh, you know, a bit discouraged, a bit heartbroken. Yeah. So I just, I just like, okay, well, if that's not going to work. I'm just going to, I'm just going to become like a full-time backpacker, you know, travel the world and just do backpacking. Yeah. So I saved enough. Uh, I, at the time I was working for uh, U public studios, which was like, my dad was a part owner and, you know, <laughs> through a bit of nepotism, I got a job <laughs> as a, as a sound engineer, but you know, I was a sound like my whole life. I was really into sound and music production. So it was just kind of a natural transition. Yeah. And so for about, uh, about two years, I worked there for um, like a local TV show we had called The Morning Brew. And I remember that. other programs. Yeah. And it was a really good experience. Uh, you know, I learned a lot. And I learned, a de- I mean, I earned a decent amount of money doing it, you know, because okay. at the time I was living at home. So I was having to pay any bills. And I was making like, you know, 2,000 grand checks a month. For, Heck yeah. You know, it was like crazy. Yeah. So I was, I was just saving, saving money. And so the summer came and I'm like, well, I have all this money now. I can go wherever I want. Like, yeah. I'm like, oh, no way. I can finally do this. So I ended up um, 
I ended up buying a ticket to Tokyo of all places. Yeah, I remember that. You went to Japan kind of off the cuff, right? On a whim. Yeah, (laughs) three days. That's crazy. Three days in advance. Yeah. So what spurred that? I mean, like, like, what is that internal drive to just drop everything and go across the entire planet? I don't know. I don't know what it is. Like, I was just, I guess, to me, the world interested me. Like, different cultures, different languages, different ways of uh, living. It was just so interesting to me. You know, like, there's a whole other world out there other than the world I grew up in, you know? Yeah, I guess people just don't. I mean, I guess I'm speaking for myself, too. I have that same inclination and that same curiosity and desire But yeah. actually, you know, pulling the trigger and making it happen is a whole other story. And I feel like yeah. that's that's what you have, which is cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I don't think I think a lot of people get cold feet, uh, especially when it's like the first time doing something. And so, uh, you know, I was a little nervous before going to Japan, you know, sure. just because it's by myself <laughs> in like a few like a week before. Like there was like a, a earthquake there. Like I don't even know how big it was, Dang. but there was an earthquake. I'm like, oh man, I might die in an earthquake. Like all these thoughts are going through my head. Yeah. But you know, I just kind of took one step after another, and I just, I just went, and I had the best. Well, I had one of the best experiences of my life. It was, you know, I at the time I just turned twenty, um, and then, you know I was twenty in Tokyo, staying at youth hostels. I got to meet all these people from all around the world. We became friends from Sweden, from France. It's just like, oh man, it was just, it was just at the time, like, uh, like a euphoric feeling, you know? Mm, yeah. Um, so yeah. So I spent 16 days there, came back and it's just, just like the same thing. It's like, well, okay, I, well, I'm back home. Now what, you know, I have to work again just so I can go on another two week vacation in the summer. So, uh, I started changing my plan and I'm like, okay, well, uh, maybe I can, uh, study in Italy or something. Yeah. So I, uh, so I started getting my paperwork together, all these things like stamps and approvals to study in Italy, to study in Italy. And, um, yeah, sorry, it's a bit of a rant, but I, uh, oh, good. I ended up like two days before I was supposed to fly to, um, University of Pisa and Pisa, Italy, of all places. I ended up in the hospital Uh-oh. uh oh i had an append yeah i had an appendicitis Ooh. this is like 2016 okay okay and i ended up being in the hospital for two weeks Ugh. because it was more complicated than an appendicitis Uh-oh. they took out my appendix but Dang. they also saw that uh part of my small guts was inflamed okay so they had to they had to cut out uh i don't know a like an inch or something of my my wow. small intestine. That's serious. And so, yeah, yeah, serious. I mean, you've gone through something similar, you know. Uh, and so the doctors didn't know what the problem was, and so they wanted to diagnose me with Crohn's or something, right? Oh, I did not know. Um, or I guess now it's coming back to me, but I I forgot all about that. Wow. Yeah. So so what's weird? Uh, well, there was another episode later in my life, but. Uh, I have never had any of the symptoms that are typically associated with Crohn's disease. Like I don't, like right now, I would never guess. Like I don't have mm. any stomach pain ever. 
you know, I just, I feel like I have a normal functioning gut. Right. But like, yeah, so I just don't, it was, it's kind of like a mystery what happened. So. Interesting. Uh, yeah. After that whole ordeal, uh, you know, that whole process made me lose tons of weight and, you know, and I'm like, oh man, I don't know what to do. So, uh, I ended up going to Paris on a whim working as like an au pair, uh, because what my clients were Italy. So an au pair is like a nanny, basically. Oh, it's just okay. a fancy word for a nanny. And so you, um, you stay with the family, they give you an allowance, uh, you babysit, you teach English to their children. Hey, that sounds like a nice setup. Okay. So yeah, it was nice. Uh, you know, it was, it was a great experience. Uh, I ended up in, you know, in Paris. And so, I mean, not a lot can go wrong. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, I, I was with this uh, French family that had one daughter named Paloma. And yeah, I ended up, but what was cool is I had my own place. Like they had a separate apartment just for me. It was like a small Dang. rinky dink apartment, you know? Uh, but it was really nice. So I had, I had to be with them, spend a lot of time with them, but I also had my own space. Yeah. And so it was, it was really cool. So I ended up in Paris for nine months, you know? So yeah. Uh, and so after that, you know, I ended up kind of doing these small jobs around for like three years. I went to Italy, Torino, uh, then I ended up in Spain again. And I had another medical emergency there. And I was in the hospital in San Sebastian, Dang. Spain for two months. Oh, sorry, two months. I mean, two weeks. Okay. I mean, two weeks is still serious yeah, for yeah. sure to be in the hospital, but <laughs> different from, from two months. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, big difference. <laughs> Sorry, I spend too much time with Spanish people. I'm losing my English. Oh, no, you're uh, Yeah, so <laughs> two weeks. And um, was it was yeah, it related, so, do you think, to the last time you were in the hospital? Yeah, yes. Okay. Definitely. Okay, so uh, I went to Spain. I Sorry, I'm leaving a bunch of gaps because there's so much stuff that's happened in my life, you know. But... Um, I was in Spain first in Pamplona and in Pamplona, I arrived there just for just in time for the run of the bulls party, you know, like the fiesta Okay, yeah. where the people run from the bulls and it's called San Fermines. And, and I had the time of my life, but I got into this weird habit it, because in Spain, uh, they drink a lot of alcohol, like crazy. They're drinking for lunch breaks. It's just the drinking culture here isn't healthy. And then mm. I got into that, like, oh, it's like, oh, I meet up with my friends for a beer at lunch. And then the, there's always parties here, always a reason to go out. And, you know, I had tons of energy and I was just going out to parties and just drinking too much. Yeah. I think that had a lot to do with what ended up happening. So um, then a month goes by and I moved to San Sebastian, which is a, nor a northern coastal town in the Basque country in Spain, which is beautiful. And, uh, yeah, everything was going well there. I ended up like working out in the gym while I was having this unhealthy lifestyle of drinking, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, it was like, I was going real hard. I started doing deadlifts and like, I was like, really trying. <laughs> That's good. And I think, yeah, but I think it was related, like, because one morning I woke up and I noticed that, uh, just not to be so visual, but my stool was like black uh oh yeah it was this blood 
No good. So <laughs> that's yeah, not what no you want to see. I'm like that. So I knew this was serious. Yeah, for sure. And uh, so you know, it's always I hate every time you know, there's a problem to go on Reddit or something because people are there. <laughs> but dude, I had same, no choice. Yeah. yeah. And, and so I, I was reading like the worst stuff. Oh, you have colon cancer? Are you just like, dude? Like, oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. You know the Reddit yeah, doctors. So, so I woke up. I'm like, oh my God, what do I do? And so uh, I kind of went through, like the first hour of my day with this in the back of my mind, like, okay, this isn't normal. Like, but I tried to like continue on my day. Yeah. But I'm like, I can't do this. So I, I talked to my friend and she says, you need to go into the emergency room. And so I went there. I said, I have an emergency. And like the ambulance came and picked me up. Dang. Just, it's like 10 minutes outside the city hospital. Yeah. They admitted me into the hospital, and I was there for two weeks while they tried to diagnose me. And magically, I just I just stopped bleeding after the first two nights, and like everything went back to normal. So they, like in America, they diagnosed they tried to diagnose me with Crohn's, but they also said mm. it was an odd thing. And yeah, and so I I ended up getting out of the hospital two weeks. And I had to go home. Like, I had no choice to go home. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I went home. And, yeah, I just I started kind of rock bottom. And since then, this was – I went home in 2018. August of – no, it's the October of 2018. Something like that. Okay. Okay. Um, and so, uh, man, I don't even know. My story is chaotic, but <laughs> no, I mean, I'm following. I'm following. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I ended up um, back home, stuck, no plan. Uh, it's either like I get a minimum wage job, you know, or whatever. Yeah. It's so. Uh, but that very day, I found out about this process to get citizenship uh, in Spain. Mm. Uh, is is it's about um, people that are descendants of the Jews that were expelled in, during the Spanish Inquisition. Yeah, are in, entitled to at least applying for citizenship. And um, yeah, the very day I got back, I found out about this. And so um, I, I I knew through like stories that my grandma told me, and just through vague stories through history that there was potentially that I. I could do this. Yeah. So I I look up the information and I see the deadline to apply was October 1st, 2018. Yep. Okay. So I'm like, no. So I emailed the Jewish Federation of New Mexico. Dang. Okay. Because they were like, they were like, uh, they were like promoting the program. Okay. Yeah. And I, and they said, oh, good news. It's actually been extended another year. Okay. Yeah, and so, so you had that, missed the deadline, but then they had extended it. Yes, exactly. Okay. So um, there was tons of hoops I had to go through. Yeah. I had to pass an exam, a language exam. I had to pass. I had to get all these um, stamps and apostles and, um, you know, notaries and translations. I mean, the whole process took me a year of grinding. I'm sure. Yeah, I know it, that uh, my family also qualifies uh, for, or we had qualified to 
obtain yeah. Spanish uh, citizenship, but yeah. we had missed the deadline at that point, or it was like a month yeah. out, and it was just like we don't have enough time to. I mean, I probably couldn't even pass the language test, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had like two months to study for it. Yeah, but um, yeah, and I I passed by some miracle at the time. It's That's like, awesome. oh man, this test is so hard. But now I look at it, and, oh man, it's so easy, you know. <laughs> but <laughs> that's funny. But yeah, but I passed the exam. Okay, so in August, I fly to Barcelona to sign with the Spanish notary. It's like, okay, this is it. Um, in one year time from now, this day, I'm gonna have my passport. Okay, that wasn't the reality. Mm. So I ended up, I ended up staying in Galicia which is like Northwest Spain. And it's a really beautiful area. And I stayed there for about uh, 11 months. Okay. Okay. And when I, and while waiting for the process, I thought it was going to be a year and then everything would happen. But a year goes by, nothing, no news. Okay. Um, and I ended up going back to the States and this is the last time I saw you was at the rock climbing gym. Okay. Oh, right. I right. forgot about that time. You're yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. This is like 2019. No, mm. no, no, 2020, right? It's like November 2020. Is it during COVID, like I that. guess? Hmm. No, no. Were we I wearing masks? Like, <laughs> like 2021 or something. Okay. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> but um, yeah, I just ended up uh, working like I was before. Before I left to Galicia, I was uh, working on like a dairy farm. Like, yeah, the, the uh, you know, doing small little jobs. Yeah, the Smith Dairy Farm. Nice. Just doing small little jobs for them. Yeah. Um, just to earn money, and I um, yeah, I ended up um, last October, October of two thousand and twenty-one. I got the news that I was accepted uh, by the Spanish government, and so I had to fly to Houston like swear my oath to the king of spain wow and then then i had to wait more like another six months just to get my birth certificate and then another three months to even apply for my passport so this whole process was just Dang. drawn out so at the end of the day it was like almost five years Dang. of just waiting from yeah Dang, i guess these yeah. things take time but yeah you get so antsy and you want it to happen right now but so many things have to yeah. go in place dang that's crazy yeah so, um, like, my whole motivation was because if you're a member of the European Union, like a European country, Germany, Sweden, Spain, Italy, I don't know, all the mm, way to yeah. Romania, you have uh, a Schengen visa or access to the Schengen zone, which is like, is like, um, is essentially like the United States. Like, if you wanted to, you can pack your bags and move to New York or like in the wilderness of Montana. Yeah. No problems, no extra paperwork. That's basically, just basically, what I can do throughout the entire European Union. So I'm not okay. confined to Spain. I am not. Uh, I can go anywhere I want. Work, have the rights to healthcare, to to anything as a citizen of Austria would have if I were to move to Austria, for example. Dang. So it it yeah it really opens uh, this door for me. So now uh, I can study. I can pursue uh education um whatever in the european union or if i want to go back to the united states i can right 
So, okay, and yeah, yeah. Also, so you also um, have your American citizenship, which is really cool, too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so if you want to see them, I got, yeah. I brought them out both Dang. so you can see. Nice. So I have my American passport and my Spanish passport. Dang. So, yeah, so it looks cool. It's like walking <laughs> around the airport like a James Bond villain. That's you know? a nice flex, <laughs> yeah. So, like, okay, yeah, now yeah. that you've been in, I guess I'll just say Europe for yeah. five years now at this point, roughly? Or has it been longer than that? If, well, I've I mean, been here off and on. Once but... one, 21. So I would actually probably say seven years, and then six years in total. I, I, yeah. I would have to like sit down and do yeah. the math. But yeah, most of my adult life has been in Europe. So yeah, which is weird. Like, now that you've kind of removed yourself from America and all the, <laughs> the culture and the kind of baggage that america has on it i mean there's a lot of great aspects about america but like are there things yeah, now that you have removed yourself from this country that you don't miss or like what are some main differences between living in okay. spain versus the u.s that you've noticed okay well yeah well first of all i just want to say like I, this isn't like an anti-american right like my motivation was oh i need to get out of america I yeah. just like the idea of expanding my horizons. Mm, yeah. And I liked Europe, okay? So it was, it was never that. Um, but, um, yeah, differences here, there, there's many. But there's a lot of things that are similar, you know? Um, I think now that I've been away uh, from America for a significant amount of time, I kind of, like, uh, miss the convenience of things being open all the time. Fast mm. Amazon Prime deliveries, but you know, yeah, just everything like consumer things like oh, uh, Walmart's always going to be open. Uh, you can always go on a Sunday and go to your favorite restaurant. Yeah, like, that's not the case in Europe. Okay. Like they close all the time for holidays. On Sunday, everything's always closed, and which is actually a good thing for like the employees. Yeah, people that I'm work. sure that's nice for the but, workers. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I also there's things about like the American mentality that I just find better as far as like people being more, more like entrepreneurial and like wanting to uh, work harder to achieve more. I feel like in Europe, people are just kind of content about being, staying in their class system their whole lives. Like if they, they're born middle-class, Oh, I, I'm not going to achieve anything. I'm going to stay middle-class like here. Okay. Like growing up, I never thought about class in America. Mm -hmm. Like we had friends that were rich. We had friends that are poor. Right. We had friends and like everywhere. Yeah. I never thought, oh, that's an upper class family. I can't be fair. I, that never even occurred to me. Mm -hmm. Like I always thought that we we were always kind of equal, and it's like whatever you do is gonna affect your future. But here, people kind of have this idea of that um, you're kind of born into a class system and you're kind of stuck mm, in it. Okay. To me, that's just a weird, weird mentality. I just don't vibe with it at all. Do you think that's because there's actual like monarchies and kings and queens and stuff like that? Like the class system yeah, is well, a lot more abundant or upfront? Mm, well, yeah, there's the, it's, it's kind of like a pseudo monarchy, like Spain's a monarchy, but it's also a democracy. In, in England, but yes, I mean, it does stem from that. And it's also like, I think hierarchy is inevitable 
everything is going to be a hierarchical structure. So obviously, like even the states, in a, in a way, class does exist, but it's not right. something we use to define ourselves. You know what I mean? Yeah, and you have the ability like to change that a lot easier, potentially. Yeah, and you can here too, but it's just like to hear it's more of a cultural thing. Like mm, okay. people treat it differently. And yeah, so. Okay, so like class systems are a little bit more apparent in yeah. Europe. What about, okay, and so you said that there's there's definitely an American hustle, an American drive that yeah exists over here a little bit more um are there any other differences like you've seen culturally or uh society-wide well i don't know i have to think about that one because there's just so many i want to think of something that's a bit more like what's like um, the is there like an emphasis on health and wellness over there? Is is there a cleaner diet? Yeah, is it okay. worse diets? What does that yeah, look like over there? Yeah, that's a good one. Is to get into like food. The quality of food here is way better than back home. That's what I hear. Just like the food that you can eat, like that you buy at a grocery store. Obviously, you can go to Whole Foods or you can go Trader Joe's or, or, far, or buy from your local farm. Like that's mm-hmm. possible in the States. But here, just like the normal consumer goods are more uh, tightly controlled on what's in it. And um, yeah, it's just people, uh, other than like the amount of alcohol and the amount of smoking that goes on (laughs) here, uh, people here are just relatively healthier. Mm -hmm. I would say there's less obese people. Um, That's one thing I always notice when I fly back to America at an airport. It's just really? the sheer amounts of overweight people. It's surprising when yeah. you've been away from it for a while. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a little bit sad. But it is sad, yeah. And then the qual- the quality of the bread and the cheese, like it's so mm-hmm. different. Like in America, we have this like white bread that will like stay <laughs> sponge that will live in your pantry for like a year. Right. <laughs> you know, here you I have to buy like a new loaf of bread every day because it'll go bad. You know. Right, as it should. So, yeah, and it just tastes better. You yeah. know. Okay. But yeah, yeah. Let me see here. What other differences? Um is there the same sort of consumerism and materialistic mindset that people have over there that I feel like is pretty rampant over here? Yeah, I would I would say so. I maybe not so much in the past, but now uh everything is kind of globalized. We have TikTok, Instagram, yeah, yeah. and so it, it, we're consuming the same content everywhere around the world. Yeah. Okay. So the same, uh, and yes, I think it's very apparent, especially with fashion here, like high-end fashion. Uh, people love like brands like Armani or, or Gucci, mm-hmm. and that's like the way you dress is like a staple of who you are. In I've never been that way. I just buy whatever looks cool, you know, but, um, yes, I think the consumerist culture is very much alive in Spain at least. Yeah. Yeah. So do you think that you would ever move back to America or do you see yourself staying in Spain or staying in Europe Um, for the rest of your life? I'm happy. I'm happy here. Uh, I don't, 
I can't say where I'll be in 10 years from now as far as like living because you never know where right. life will bring you, right? Um, but I do love the ability to just hop on a plane and be in a different part of the world, a different culture, a different language, uh, you know, just the other side, you know, down here is Africa, like Algeria. Yeah. It's like incredible. Like where I am, like geographically on the map is it's crazy to see because you know there's so much history uh so much it's just so rich and so yeah. i really love this part of the world you know uh i don't know i would love to buy a house here one day and maybe buy it <laughs> a pro- have two houses one back <laughs> home you know but you know yeah i would like if if one day i have a family i i love the ability that i can hand down both my passports to them mm, so I, yeah. my my children will have access to both you know the european union and america for the rest of their lives um and yeah that's just incredible i don't i don't know you know yeah so you can actually pass down your citizenship oh, yeah. to your children yeah that's awesome yeah 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 so yeah. <clears throat> dude you're so inspiring man like i just watching you from a distance over the years has just it's just so cool to see you it appears i'll just say from my perspective from an outsider's perspective that you're thriving out there i mean you look great i mean you look really healthy um you just seem happier than you just seem like you're doing what you're supposed to be doing and that's just really inspiring and it makes me want to do something similar. I mean, I want to go visit you. Like that sounds like such a good time to go visit. Um, yeah, man, <laughs> I love that. I'm on a totally different life path right life. now, just with yeah. <laughs> hunkering down, bought a house, have two kids, uh, you know, working right. full time, heading back to school part time. So it's just, uh, it just the idea of, you know, dropping everything and going and spending a week, like that sounds so appealing, but so much would have to go into <laughs> yeah. it. And then you'd have to be, <laughs> we'd have to be ba- babysitting kids and that's just a whole other thing. It's doable, that. but we would just have to be very serious about wanting to make it happen. Sure. Well, I mean, I don't, I wouldn't, don't compare yourself like too hard to oh, me right. because, yeah. you know, I, I've definitely had my, downsides you know like um i have these thoughts like oh man i should uh be more focused on creating some type of uh income to sustain me or you know not everything is uh you know flowers and roses living like this but um you know and i don't also want to be some like 40 year old you know guy of a ponytail you know, traveling the world <laughs> with a backpack. Right. You know what I mean? Right. I, I, I want, I, I want to settle down, you know, one day, you know, yeah. maybe find a family and, you know, it's just, you know, it's not, this isn't a sustainable way of living your entire life. But, you know, when I was younger, you know, I'm creeping up towards 30, which is kind of scary. Yeah. Same. But, uh, I just like, oh man, I really wanted to, experience as many places as I can. And I still want to see more, but yeah. Yeah. You know, do you have, I mean, you talk about maybe looking at it through rose colored glasses and there's probably ups and downs. Um, do you have any stuff that you've learned over the years, like protocols or practices that you've put in place to kind of deal with, 
being in a lowered headspace or trying to like manage your mental well-being yeah well um <laughs> you know what i learned with like my mental health is diet has a lot to do with it mm. uh and it's really closely related to the my gut health yeah so uh when i experienced depression for once in my life like serious depression it was because of my gut mm. uh i was and it threw me through a loop and so um for me just to i always learned if i'm if i'm feeling like droggy or sad and i can't find like a reason it's usually related to how i've been eating or uh not getting enough exercise so for me running and um mm. running and working out have been uh, game changers as yeah. far as that yeah yeah i mean i can I'm definitely sure you can tell. relate to that yeah yeah 100% like my physical health and my mental health are pretty like linearly or like heavily correlated uh if one yeah. goes up the other one goes up. If one goes down, exactly. the other one goes down. Um, and yeah, yeah, just realizing over the course of the years of just how connected, yeah, your gut is to your your brain, to yeah. like the mind body connection. It's it's very real. And so, um, I've yeah, probably similar to you, have had to really just go back to the drawing board and kind of reassess. Um, like what are, what, what lifestyle choices am I making on a daily or, you know, habitually that are causing yeah. problems, whether that's mentally or physically. And I've had to, yeah, scrap <laughs> so many things of just, okay, I can, this is not working anymore. Uh, I keep running into walls left and right. And so let me, yeah. um, I mean, I've just had so many different seasons of diet and um, exploring, <clears throat> exploring different, um, yeah, I guess just diets and seeing what's worked best. And a lot of it is right. not what I'm eating. It's what I'm not eating, if that makes any sense. Okay. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, you know, when I was in my late teens and early twenties and yeah, going through very similar health stuff. Um, I look back now and I'm like, well, yeah, of course I would. I, of course I had health issues. I was eating nothing but, you know, processed carbohydrates and drinking all the time and smoking cigarettes yeah. and, you know, fast food and candy and car like just the worst standard American yeah. diet you can think of. <laughs> and my yeah, yeah. body snapped and of, of you know makes sense now but um yeah i mean i've i've found over the course of i guess the last 7 years or so that my body really just responds best to whole foods and it's kind of just simple like sim as simple as that just the way yeah. that food grows from the ground or mm -hmm. like just try to eat food as close as it came from nature, whether it's a plant or an animal. Right. Um, I'm actually right now kind of experiencing, I've been eating, I'll, I'll just say my, my diet has 
honestly been very heavily animal based, animal product yeah. based over the over the course of the last five to seven years. And I think that that's been good for me because I think meat can help and promote healing and like repairing in the body. Yeah. Um, sure. But I'm kind of I'm kind of reaching a point right now where I think I'm really kicking back my animal protein animal product consumption just because I feel like I, uh, I don't need to consume as much as I used to. So I just stick to like cooked vegetables. I'll, I'll do a few like seasonal fruits and stuff, some, some berries, some nuts and seeds, but it's so simple right. and it's, it's the simplest diet you can think of. <laughs> um, right. And I just really try, I don't consume any alcohol. I don't drink. Um, yeah, I don't, I barely eat out ever. I just, I cook the majority of my meals at home and it's just being yeah. intentional. Um, and I think it, it varies from person to person of, you know, For whether sure. they should be eating more veggies or if they can eat more animal products. And I think that right. it depends on wh where, you, like what season you're in, in life. Um, yeah, but I could say for me, yeah, sorry. No, no, go ahead. Like, uh, like a carnivore diet, like eating exclusively meat, uh, changed my mental health, like completely, like in the positive way. Okay. So you did do carnivore. I, yeah. So I, I don't know how old I was. I, I was at 20 about to change, turn to 21. Okay. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, I thought like, oh man, I eat way too much protein because I went to the doctor like at a, a yearly checkup. He's like, oh, you have way too much protein. But mm -hmm. I didn't know what I was doing. So I'm like, oh man, I better start eating more vegetables. So I essentially like tried like a vegetarian diet. Mm -hmm. I went cold turkey. It's just now looking in hindsight, it's so goofy. But like, <laughs> your body's I, probably like, hey, where's all that protein? Where's all that fat? It shocked me. And, and that's what caught it caused inflammation in my gut. Mm. And uh that inflammation led me to depression yeah and so i couldn't figure it out at first so i i it went like two weeks by and i stopped i went back to eating meat and then my a couple days go by and the depression went away mm. you know so yeah and to me meat is a very important part of my diet yeah i mean it's know? been absolutely yeah. huge in my recovery yeah. i think people with compromised guts um exactly. whether that's crohn's or yeah. um inflammatory or uh, ibs or celiac like if you have a compromised gut i think carnivore or very very strict keto right. is the protocol you need to yeah. balance back out to return to equilibrium um, are you still on a carnivore diet? Uh, well, I mean, I eat like pasta and, and, you know, I have bread and stuff, but yeah, mainly, uh, heavily focused I mostly on eat meat. meats and, and when I do eat vegetables, I eat them, um, when they're cooked, boiled or grilled, like I don't eat raw vegetables ever. Honestly, anymore. me neither. I, I will only, yeah. I'm essentially cooking all of my food. Like I rarely yeah. eat raw foods unless it's, you know, maybe some berries or sometimes some nuts and stuff. But yeah. nine, I would say 90 to 95% of my food 
is cooked. Cause I, it's just, I think yeah. again, for people with potentially compromised guts, it just makes nutrient absorption. It just makes it so much easier and less taxing on the gut. Yeah. Uh, Cause yeah, if I eat a dude, if I ate a raw like salad with, you know, raw broccoli and cucumber <laughs> yeah, celery, yeah, that's dude, that would shred me up. I'd have to just like take a nap and then it just wouldn't look <laughs> good coming out. Yeah. Yeah. When I was in this summer, when I was in Portugal, like we had this like shared kitchen and basically we all cooked like our own food, you know, <laughs> and this German girl was like disgusted by me that she saw that I only like would make a sandwich just meat, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, you don't put the vegetables, <laughs> you know? It's like, yeah. I'm like, I, I told them like how it makes me like how it affects my mental health, but most people don't understand. Like they think it's BS, you know? Yeah, that's so interesting. Like the average I didn't, person. Yeah. Right. It, it, I guess I can understand how it looks from the outside. For somebody that doesn't yeah. really have any health issues or doesn't even think about, you know, yeah. health and wellness. But I also, it's just tricky though, because I know a lot of vegans and I'm close with a lot of vegans and they're sure. the healthiest people you've ever met. And they've been on it for five right, years, yeah. 10 years, 15 years. And so like, I don't want to take that away from them and say that, oh, sure. everybody needs to be on the carnivore diet or everybody needs to be on a strict <laughs> yeah. paleo or keto diet. Um, I think it does vary from person to person based off genetics and their health and then their uh, physical activity levels. And there's so many factors that go into it. But one thing I can say for certain is that meat and animal products and bone broth and, you know, eating healthy fats from animals, from healthy animals. That's another thing I like to mention is that sure, I yeah, try yeah. to the best of my ability to eat healthy animals. Cause I think that's also very important. Uh, but that's just been yeah. so huge for my own personal health transformation. And I mean, if you mm -hmm. could see pictures of me from when I was 21 and then if you look at me now, I mean, it's, you can't really argue that yeah. it's it's been beneficial for me, right? I mean, bro, I I remember that picture you like posted on Instagram after you like were in the hospital, like recovering. Yeah. It's like it was like crazy. Like I couldn't believe that was you. You know, dude. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I luckily that season of life has it has become more and more of just like a distant memory, which I'm very thankful for. Yeah, but dude, I it was. I mean, it sounds like similar to you, like it. I was at rock bottom, dude. I was, my health was yeah. failing me. I was spiraling yeah. physically towards a very, I mean, a place where, you know, you're not going to live long if you keep up that your current trajectory. Um, right. And it, it had, luckily I've never been on any sort of medication, which, and I'm not on any sort of medication right now. Um, you know, these awesome. Western doctors will throw every, pharmaceutical they can to try to get <laughs> yeah. you on and i did it for i yeah. could i did an anti-inflammatory and a steroid um when i was when i was probably 22 i did it for about six months and it just wasn't working and then they wanted to get me on humera the immunosuppressing wow. drug that just like kneecaps your immune system i was like dude there's gotta be a different way i mean i <laughs> This can't be yeah. me for the rest of my life, like having to inject an immune suppressing drug into my thigh every week. Like, come yeah, on. Yeah, exactly. 
And I think that's what scared me the most when I was sick in the hospital is like mm-hmm. this idea of having a chronic issue that, oh, I'm going to have to be taking some type of drug or, right. uh, you know, it's like, I didn't want to believe it. Right. You know? And then the, yeah. I feel like the doctors, maybe it's similar in, in, in Europe. I don't know. But the doctor, I just think that the doctors in America scare the living hell out of everybody and make them think mm-hmm. that they have, like, this is the only option. This is the only way Yeah. this, if you want to yeah. die or if you don't want to die, then you have to follow exactly what yeah, we say. Yeah. You have to get on these prescriptions. You have to pay these bills. And it's just, it's sad and it's really discouraging. And that's, I have a, I have a, <laughs> I have a big issue with the way that the West and America does healthcare. It's just a disaster. Right. And it seems like right. maybe there's some beginnings of some optimistic changes, but it's just so screwed up right now. And it's so like the system is built to keep people sick, to get people to extract as much money from the poor. <laughs> it seems like yeah, yeah. and the middle class and just like, it's it's a disaster, but that's another that's a whole other conversation for another day. Yeah, we can, we can we can definitely go down a rabbit hole, you know. Yeah, I definitely I have some ideas that might some people might consider conspiracy theories, but you know. <laughs> honestly, me too. But maybe yeah. maybe another time. Um, yeah, no, I have I have a couple more questions for you. Yeah, because um, I probably have. Eh, maybe about 15 more minutes here okay. until I got to get going. But um, I want to try incorporating some <laughs> segments on my podcast. So I'm kind of just uh-huh. testing a few out. Um, I'm still sort of trying to find my voice and trying to mm-hmm. figure out what I want this podcast to be focused around. And I do right. think that I, I want it to be grounded and kind of built upon focusing on health and physical health and me- and mental health. Yeah. And so I kind of wanted to do like a couple segments here. Uh, the first one is called lows and highs. And then the second one okay. is called level up. But the first one, lows and highs, I just like, I want to ask my guests, what was the lowest part? of your last week and then what was the highest part of your last week? And then the segment after that kind of, uh, tags, um, attaches to that a little bit, but if we could just start there, um, what was the lowest part of this last week for you? Okay. So this morning for sure. Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. This morning I just felt awful. Uh, I kind of felt uh, a bit, I wouldn't say depressed, but just kind of uh, grumpy, you know? Yeah. Uh, and it's because I kind of felt nauseated. And like we were talking before, like your gut and your mind are yeah. connected to each other. And so I, I, I kind of felt nauseated and I had to take the bus because I give these uh, Thursdays and, and Tuesdays are hard days for me, the hardest days of the week, because I have to go to this public school. And I have to teach uh, three lessons, uh, one after the other. And the, mm-hmm. it's stressful because there's a lot of prep that 
is involved. And the last class are like 15 four-year-olds. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's, it's a tough class to teach. Wow. That I mean, sounds difficult. I mean, to teach them how to count to 10, that's easy. But the challenge is <laughs> trying to teach them. <laughs> I mean, trying to get their attention, mm. especially in this classroom. There's toys over there. There's like, uh, you know, like a monkey gym over there. It's just nuts. And like, I can only focus on five kids at a time. And yeah. there's 15 of them. So that's overwhelming for sure. Morning. Yeah. I was grumpy this morning because I knew I had a tough day ahead of me. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh man, I want to get out of living in the city. I'm, I'm, I hate having a routine. I just want to get on a plane and <laughs> go, you know, that's what I was yeah. thinking this morning, you yeah. know? Uh, so yeah, today was a pretty low day. And obviously compared to most people <laughs> that you know, that's a, a very minimal issue, but, you know, I guess that's a testament of how, how good I have it, you know? Yeah. But, um, I don't know. I would say probably, uh, the best time is the best day of the week. Cause I went on a hike on Sunday okay. and it, it was snowing here Oh. and yeah. And it doesn't snow often in Mallorca. And so it's just as beautiful. It, it's similar to how it looks back home in New Mexico when it snows. It's just a dry landscape uh, with snow on it. It's just yeah. beautiful. And it just kind of reminded me a bit of uh, home, you know? Okay. So, yeah, it was just really nice to get, feel the fresh air, get out of the city. And so, yeah, I would say, because, you know, I love going out hiking and nature. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, especially when you're stuck in a city. <laughs> Dude, I feel so similar right now. Yeah. Like, yeah, you know, it's, it's winter over here and yeah. the weather has just been, it's, we're reaching that point in the season where it's still freezing, but wind is starting to pick up because we're entering into spring. And so the last week or so has just been so nasty, just windy and cold. And, you know, last, uh, uh yesterday I was trying to replace the outdoor spigot in our backyard, uh, just cause yeah. it's probably 50 years old right now. And so I was replacing it. And then as I was taking it off, it just broke. And so I was just like, ah, dang it. This like stupid wind. I'm trying to get my kind of like an irrigation system set up for spring. Uh, But every single time I want to go outside, it seems like these, you know, recently it's just been cold and gross, but luckily uh, today it's been overcast, but the sun was peeking out for about an hour right before this podcast. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to go on a quick walk, get the, get the blood moving a little bit. And that just makes such a big difference for me. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And just getting some sun is like changes everything. (laughs) I think that that's so So, like people overlook that how incredibly important it is to get sunlight as much as you can people put it on sunblock and you know using like Uh, dude get sun we need it we're connected like we need sunlight come on (laughs) yeah for sure like so mallorca is a sunny place spain in general is a very sunny place depending where you are like there's certain parts uh, northwest spain that's like oregon where it's rainy all the time but where i am now it's mostly sunny but when you live in a city especially like these older towns, uh, the roads are very narrow, mm. okay? 
So, you know, obviously the sun rises in the east. And so when, it, when it's like up in the middle of the sky, that's the only time sunlight enters my window. Mm, okay. You know what I mean? So like I'm not getting natural light only for like two hours a day, especially in the winter, less. Yeah. And so if I I feel like living here, I am not getting enough sunlight. As back home, I, <laughs> I mean, you look tan. In my front yard and you're <laughs> surrounded by light, you know? Yeah. I mean, I will say yeah. you look tan. You look like you're getting sunlight. I mean, I, I feel yeah. like I'm not getting sunlight. Just I'm, I feel like I look all pale right now, but <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's, Bad it's part of being a vato, eh? Yeah. Yeah. You got those, those good <laughs> genes. Okay. Yeah, and then, um, last segment, I kind of touched on this a little bit earlier, but, um, I'll just, we could just do it again for the heck of it. Uh, yeah last segment called level up uh what is one practice or protocol or ritual that you use or perform on a daily or weekly basis that you feel has been a in a has been a game changer for you to promote your well-being and like if you had one tip to recommend to people you know kind of struggling yeah. to you know find find energy or you know find some some happiness or satisfaction like what tip would you recommend that's worked for you well i have several let's hear it yeah (laughs) okay i have more practical ones and maybe a bit more like woo woo ones let's hear it all (laughs) but um (laughs) all right so running running is very important to me Mm. because uh i also i go to the gym to lift but nothing clears my mind and changes my mood like running you know mm. so uh just getting putting your shoes on and going out for a run yeah uh, just can change my whole day for the better um obviously exercise you know cliche cliche um, <laughs> it's breath important work. though <laughs> yeah, breath yeah. work yeah breath work mm. is something incredible <laughs> it's hard to get disciplined to do it every day so for somebody that doesn't i feel amazing for somebody who thinks that's woo woo or doesn't understand the concept like behind it can you explain what it does for you or like what what exactly what protocol you use (laughs) so i I can't tell you like the nitty-gritty science of it right yeah but yeah basically you're kind of emptying your mind and you're just concentrating on your breathing it's something about inhaling and exhaling over and over again repetitively, just like it it it, it makes you lightheaded, mm, but it yeah. gives you like this high. It gives you like this incredible high and you're not it just I don't know, it just completely boosts your moods, like this clear mind. You know, the yeah. stuff you're worrying about before, uh, the stuff that was bothering you before, it just doesn't bother you. I don't know how to. Yeah, it's kind of just like a quick little reset. And yeah, like similar to what you're saying, it does. If I just do deep breaths for one, two minutes straight, you get buzzed. Yeah. You feel lightheaded. But it's, I I think, I mean, that's exactly what's happening when we're going on runs or doing cardio. I mean, we're not really focused on it, but where our body's reacting because it has to keep up with the amount of oxygen that it needs. And so, yeah, I think doing breath work. Yeah. Getting some exercise. What else? Uh, Yeah, for sure. 
And for me, uh, this is just more of a personal thing, but uh, I say the Jesus prayer, basically, uh, Eastern Orthodox uh, prayers that Lord Jesus Christ, Son and Word of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. It's basically, it just kind of humbles me mm. if I'm feeling angry yeah. or resentful. Or, yeah, it's just, you know, it's just, uh, just kind of a reminder. Yeah. That's all it is. Yeah. Yeah, just a quick. If you want to say there's like anything metaphysical about it, personally, I believe so. But uh, if it's just, if, if you're atheist or anti religious or whatever, for me, it's just a reminder if I let pride or something take over me, you know? Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah. I'm yeah. like Yeah, I think my spiritual practice right. it like looks a little bit different these days than probably what it used to. But I think a lot yeah. of it is just yeah, just trying to recenter, refocus, um, yeah, let go of any sort of <laughs> pride or just remember and think about how big the world is and just like it, it looks a lot more like just meditating and yeah, focusing on breath work and yeah. um, there's a few mantras or <laughs> chants that I can kind of go back and forth on, but sure. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Um, yeah. Did you have any other ones or was that a, about it? I mean, that's, that's pretty much about it. And obviously just little things. Like I mean, there's so creative, many things of course. <laughs> yeah. to me being cre- for me being creative. Yeah. very important and you know uh my in my free time like for me which is something that's important is i like uh learning and i like thinking mm. you know and uh like if you look at like my youtube recommendations it's all like <laughs> philosophy <laughs> psychology of uh, world religions you know yeah <laughs> debates like you know so those are the kind of things that that really get me interested and if if i can somehow participate or somehow just at least think about things that are not so superficial Mm. i feel a lot better because i feel like most people especially these days of tiktok and instagram everything is so superficial like i'll go meet people on the street and they're talking about like shakira and her like ex-boyfriend that's so uninteresting yeah man. I don't something know. about the oscars being, or some new tv yeah, show yeah. yeah or like uh being an english teacher i mean obviously like people need to learn english but the job to me is so like boring like teaching theory about english it's just dead there's no it doesn't feel there's any substance to mm. it you know and yeah. so yeah for me it's like to be intellectually stimulated in some way is yeah. important for my mental health. Yeah. I, <laughs> that's really good. And I feel like that's actually an area right now in this season of life that I'm kind of struggling with a little bit is yeah. I've had, I feel like three to five years ago when I was kind of really in the depths of existential freak out because of my, current <laughs> uh physical health i yeah i felt that exact same way of just om- looking around and seeing what a waste of time so many things that we focus on are yeah, and yeah. were and just like yeah. everything was so superficial and i'm just like how do you how do how does my immediate 
immediate community focus on just the most stupid and unimportant things when, you know, we're all going to die and we need to think about what's going on, um, you know, after life or what's going on in, in space. Like, are we alone? Is there extra, like this, like thinking big picture and like, but like, I feel like right now, I don't know, maybe I've just caught a bug. I've caught like a digital bug of focusing on maybe just because of my life situation right now with like having two kids and um, Mm -hmm. focusing on like work and there's just like so many responsibilities. I feel like kind of on my plate right now that the few, like the little free time I do have, I kind of want to just like indulge on like stupid stuff and like kind of mind numbing distraction type stuff. I don't know. It's kind of, it's a thing. Yeah. I don't know. It happens. Like I get it. Like, I mean, video games, TV series can all be just a subductive way to just veg out. Yeah. I I get it. We, I think there's moments in time where we just kind of have to turn off our brain, especially like I can't relate because you have, uh, two children now you got a wife you got to work full time like you know so i'm not like saying oh yeah look at me i'm studying philosophy <laughs> no, <laughs> no i mean no i totally get it yeah yeah, yeah. i mean yeah. i i think i'm good at noticing whenever there are red flags kind of like that like i'm like okay what is this what is this tendency what is this desire to just feel distracted all the time uh so i am doing something about it um like i'm taking a couple summer classes at CNM uh, right. here in, in May, just like learning some computer science type stuff to just kind of stretch that yeah. like learning part of my brain. Cause I feel like I'm not learning anything yeah. right now. And I think that that's yeah, really yeah. important to always pursue knowledge in, in, in any capacity, yeah, well, you know? Well, I just feel that things are interesting. Like the, the reason we're alive uh, if things have purpose or that they don't, mm. those are all very interesting questions yeah. to me. And so, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I'm definitely, to me, it doesn't feel like a chore. It's just something I right. like to do. Yeah. You're naturally you know? drawn to it. That's awesome. Yeah. But I think it's also just related to creativity and arts. Like, uh, to me, those things connect together, making music, uh, uh making little graphic videos where right? I do for fun on my, uh, on my spare time it's like it's all to yeah. me all those things are very much connected to each other are you still making music right now uh well <laughs> i don't have any gear so i can't um but you know i would love to yeah all uh, right so i kind of uh put my creativity out to like little like videos that i make like like about symbolism and and things like that, which is kind of fun. Like I enjoy mm. making them. Are you sharing them anywhere so or are they fun. just kind of just for you? Uh, they're, I don't know where to share them because I don't know the audience or how to connect to the audience. Like, uh, but I did upload one I made like two years ago on my Instagram. Okay. And I, I shared it to like this weird like meme page. It's like, it's about like lifting and like <laughs> okay. uh, esotericism and it's like this weird, like make, it's like, I don't know <laughs> okay. what you call it, but I, he's Little like, niche. put your submissions here. So I, 
I sent it to him because I thought it was relevant to what he was like posted before. Mm-hmm. And so I, I sent it to him and then it exploded for a day because it was oh, like really? in his uh, stories. So it got like 3,000 views in one day. Heck yeah. Which is from like having 100 views. So I got some recognition for yeah. it, which was a good feeling. So yeah, I, I have that on Instagram if you want to look at it. But okay, cool. Um, yeah. I'll, sure I'll uh, and stuff like that. I'll be sure to link your Instagram <laughs> down below yeah, yeah, for yeah. people that are curious and want to yeah. check out uh, sure. your life. Uh, cool. All right. Well, dude, thank you for hopping on. This has been crazy. It's just crazy that you're literally on the other side of the planet and we're just having yeah. this conversation. I'm going to try to the best of my ability. So I actually started a screen recording of the Skype call. So I'm just going to really try to just uh, place that on top of the, the OBS video. Uh, so hopefully okay. we can get the video to work. If not, audio is cool only. But um, it's just no crazy slide. that we can do this. And I'm, I'm stoked that, yeah, that we were no. able to. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, we can talk about a lot of things, but I like, just enjoy it. You know, just letting the conversation flow is yeah. fun. Yeah, honestly, it's just good catching to catch up. up. Yeah, of course. We would just talk about this normally if we if it wasn't recorded. A hundred percent. Yeah. Um, dude. Yeah, I would love to <laughs> do this regularly. I mean, if you're if that's yeah, interesting to you, I mean, maybe we could do this every few months or so. Just keep why not? in touch. Yeah. It's it's. I mean, we have the the tools right here. I just need to <laughs> manipulate these settings a little bit. But yeah, if you're down, For dude, sure. I'd love to have you back on at some point once I actually yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, it's, figure it's out my. Fun. Shit. You know, maybe we can get uh, like Kyler on the whole crew, about, like all the trouble. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just talk about our childhood and just, just yeah. what we did. That'd be a lot of fun. You know? I would. Yeah, that would probably be healing yeah. in a lot of ways for me. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, cool. Well, uh, yeah, again, like I said, I'll post Brandon's uh, Instagram down below for people that are interested. And um, yeah, thank you again. And thanks to everybody for listening. And we'll see you next week. Yeah, thanks for having me on, man. It was a pleasure.